Hello, and welcome to episode 127 of Relics of War. Uh, joining me tonight, as typical, is Spirit. How's it going? Good, hello. And joining us once again uh, is Rabin. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm doing well tonight. Excellent. Everybody's doing well. I think we're going to, for the sake of expedience, just jump straight into the show, and even though there wasn't a whole bunch of news, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, So we'll just head right into the rotating cog. So this week there's been a little bit of uh, back and forth with the commander tags, I guess. Uh, I guess last week, isn't that correct? We had the... um, we had the news that they were going to be 300 gold per color. Is that right? Yep. I feel like we talked about that on the show. Um, so this week with the blog post, it appears that it is now being sort of retconned into being just 300 gold to have a commander's tag, but it will be account-wide. Everybody that already has a commander's tag gets it upgraded for free, and all commanders will have access to all colors. Um, and it was officially confirmed that that was in fact based on community feedback. The devs at Gamescom did not misspeak. Uh, so that this is a pr- exact example of them listening to us, which I think is cool. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's really cool. I'm glad. I mean, I was saving up for to get my commander because I wanted to get it before it was 300 gold. And I thought to myself before I read anything about any sort of community outcry that, you know, why can't they just let us pick the color after it's 300 gold? That seems reasonable. But that, you know, they listen to us. That's really cool. Yeah, I think it's great. It's, um, well, how about you, Spirit? Uh, I'm actually really happy about it. I strongly was in the camp of, you know, having the different colors a very useful tool for coordination, and that's not something that should be gated behind gold, because I think, like I said last week, one of my first thoughts was, oh boy, I can't wait to be called, you know, be called unhelpful or uncooperative, because I'm not willing to drop the money to change my color. So I'm glad that's not an issue. And I did read somewhere... Uh, we always talk about how things aren't as easy as they might seem. I did read somewhere that two of the devs uh, worked over the weekend to make this possible for the hat. So kudos to them. Thank you very much. Yeah, I definitely want to exchange, extend a, a thank you uh, to them. And I will look up who it is real quick. But <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's great. I love it. I love it when we get confirmation that, that we've been heard. And I also agree I, I think I don't think anybody can be unhappy about it, and I don't think anybody can really be that unhappy even about the upgraded cost of a commander's tag to three hundred gold at this point in the game's life cycle, especially since they're um going account wide. Right. Well, especially because they're going account wide and especially because they're grandfathering in everybody that has one. You know, yeah. if you ever think you're gonna be a commander, it's an amazing deal to be able to buy it this week for a hundred gold and have it upgraded fully. So. Yeah, I had a uh, I had to scramble because I was going for my 200 gold title because I've never had 200 gold in my bank. And then I saw, oh, I want the commander at some point. Oh my gosh. So I went and sold all of my uh, crafting stuff and all my Foxfire um, clusters for crafting that back piece. So I got 200 gold, then I bought it. I'm like, yes, I did this. <laughs> nice, nice. Double accomplishment. Uh, and these devs were Zach and Tyler. I don't think we got any uh, more detailed on their names, but that's... So thank you, Zach and Tyler. Thank you indeed. It's... it's fantastic um so really that's i mean there's you know that's uh it is what it is there's not much more to say on that issue so i guess uh on the issue of commanders we'll move into talking about the new world v world structure have you guys read up on that it's supposed to be more like a swiss tournament structure they say Uh, i think the last one was a swiss tournament structure too 
Yeah, it was, but I think uh, th- so. The issue with the Swiss tournament style was it was supposed to promote. Uh, you gain a certain amount of points for placing first, second, or third, and then based on those points, you move up or down. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to promote more diverse matches. But over the period of seven weeks, the way it, it was it seven or eight, it was a long, much longer than this planned one is to be. Um, a lot of the matches ended up being the same, and so it didn't impact the system as much but with this structure this uh tournament structure is only going to be four weeks long and so any loss or victory is going to be a lot more impactful on who wins the tournament yeah and to go you know to go with that four week structure they've um change the way that the tickets work and also greatly improve the rate at which you can attain tickets so now you get tickets every week based on your um server's performance that week not in the overall grand scheme of things and i it i believe it's uh 300 or is it three two and one is that right for um 300 200 250 and 100 oh is that right okay so and you have to remember to spend them because they will expire no you don't have to spend them you have to get them this is this has been some confusion for a lot of people. You oh, have really? to claim your tickets within the week, but you don't have to spend ah, them you... because otherwise you'd never be able to actually get the three hundred ticket rewards. I see. You see, that's what it says on the website: claim your rewards. And I'm thinking, oh, I have to spend my tickets, but it, claiming your tickets is the reward. Yes. Yeah. You have to. Okay, that makes sense. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So that that actually has been a common criticism slash um. Uh, confusion among the player base is whether or not you had to spend them each week or just get the tickets um and you know i think it's i think it's actually really funny because to me it it instantly made sense to me that it was your tickets not your rewards mostly because of the numeric values but um you know obviously to a lot of people it didn't but what i think is funny is that there's a lot of people that were really being kind of kind of bossy or well not really bossy but being a little bit arrogant when the commander tag revert was announced because they're like oh just learn to read and i'm like well you know i understand why people are double checking that it's now 300 gold for all the tags total because we knew that it wasn't you know and then you know you turn around and a lot of the people that were you know saying reading comprehension you know didn't weren't sure how this article read so anyway i think it's funny i think i feel like everybody should always just try and like hold back any snark if somebody doesn't quite understand the implementation on things because sometimes it's unclear and sometimes people's brains just work differently along with maybe a lot of internet communities i think maybe the guild wars internet community needs to relax on things sometimes yeah. Right. I I know one of my sources of confusion was why don't they just give us the ticket in like an achievement chest? That makes more sense to me is you use the sort of uh, meta achievement stone. But so I I interpret it as you have to get the weapons as well because if it was just the tokens, why don't they just give them to you? But I guess that's the way it works for the system. Yeah. Uh. At, at least I'm at least I'm ninety nine percent certain that that's how that works. Um. I think I saw a clarification, but I didn't put it in the show notes. Um. But. Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be, because otherwise there'd be no way to get a Mistforged Hero's weapon, which costs 300. So as a side effect, uh, I mean, that means that you'll be able to get 800 tickets this season, which previous, theoretically, you know, if you were first every week, which theoretically your previous maximum was, what, 500, I believe? You got one and almost another one. Um, So that's actually a pretty huge increase in rewards, um, especially for, I think, the... Yeah, for the third place servers, if you come in last but you participated every week, you get you'll be able to get a mistforged weapon anyway. 
That's great. That's actually what I had uh, been hoping for, because I, I really felt that the old reward systems encourage you to show up, complete a few objectives, and then, you know, you were done for the rest of the season. I like that uh, your individual contribution, the effort, is a lot more rewarding than how your server places overall the time. Yeah, I think it's done a lot of really smart things, because it... I mean, some people will like and hate this part, but it rewards you for playing a little bit more consistently instead of just marathoning it over, like, two days and not really participating. Yes. Um, it also... It makes it makes each match more impactful, uh, which is a, it's a really good way of doing that by, by you know, making it eminently important. Um, and we have the potential of a doylac in our citadel. How cool is yeah. that? Yeah, that's that is sick. Uh, you know, that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. And and another really like good thing is that if you think about it, if you math it out, you know, you'd have to come in first place for like twelve world v world tournaments to get all of the weapons <laughs> before. And this, you know, not to say that everybody needs to be able to get all of the weapons, but it's. It's nice that you can get them at a, at an extended rate, and as something was my gripe before, um, not related to World v. World, but this is a much more viable way to get Obsidian Shards now, because it's 50 tickets yes. for 15 shards, and when you got 50 tickets for, or when it was 50 out of your 500 tickets versus 50 out of your possible 800 tickets, that goes a long way. Um, it's 25 shards, even. Is it? I just picked them up today, Oh, yeah. uh, no, I think they're I don't know. I'm looking at it right on the site right now. And it says 15. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe they're changing it for next season. But the Mistforged Hero's Weapon is still 300, and an extended an ascended accessory is still 200. So you know, whatever. But I think it's great. I think that's I think that's really it's really indicative that they think about the problems and try and come up with ways to satisfyingly solve them without just slapping on a band aid. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think it's great. I. And since you can get rewards quicker, I think it encourages more people to world be world and to participate yeah, exactly. in the tournament. Like it fixes participation, it fixes investment, it fixes um, being stuck on a crappy server, meaning you'll never get rewards. It fixes also, yeah, I mean, it fixes all sorts of things. It's great. I love it. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, one thing worth mentioning uh, that I don't think is so impactful, but different than past tournaments, they haven't said anything about. Uh, free transfers or d discounted transfers prior to and they also um have clarified that post transfer lockouts will no longer be things so if you transfer during the world v world season uh you won't be locked out which makes sense really because now that the rewards are week to week like it's not it's not as though you're schlepping around for seven weeks on an easy server and then transferring at the very end or whatever um you know it's right. it yeah, it does. It doesn't matter which server you are, really. It just matters that you are playing, and so yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't think there's really much else to say. How much do you guys world v world? Do you do it much? Um, I become a very different person during world v world seasons. I have a hard time. I have a hard time doing world v world outside of seasons because it seems so pointless. You know, like I cap a tower, they take it back. I cap a tower, they take it back, and it just is this ongoing thing for weeks and weeks. There's no real benefit to winning. It just kind of gets better over the week, and then it goes back. So. I'm not competitive then, but all of the sudden during the season, I'm like, so help me. If you were on that flame ram and you don't have mastery, I will find you. I will pelt you <laughs> and I will shame you and say chat. That's funny. How about you, Robin? Um, 
I didn't do a lot of worldview world except with the guild. I've recently come back to playing about a month ago whenever uh, season yeah. two are we on now started. Yep. Yeah. And um, I found Edge of the Mist to be a great way to level, but even though I've finished some up levels, I like going into Edge of the Mist with a level 80 and feel like I'm contributing while getting, you know, good gear. You can make some money doing it. And Edge of the Mist is a lot of fun. It's making me want to get back into yeah. Worldview World. I used to do some Worldview World, but was never super serious about it. And now I'm pretty much only during tournaments Worldview World, but I really do enjoy it while I'm doing it. So... <clears throat> Yeah, and this goes back to our earlier conversation about uh, commander tags. I remember having a conversation a long time ago with someone about different colors for maybe defending or offensive or defensive commanders on the field, which is mm. what they said in one of their posts. Um, and I think that's really cool. That's another reason why I wanted to get that commander tag, because at some point, I don't think I'm there now, I'd like to be able to help with it. In yeah, World yeah, it's great. Um, those are those are all great changes. Um, and speaking speaking of World v. World and Edge of the Mist, it's a great place to use your birthday booster, because... Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, that's what I did. That's excellent. And speaking of birthday boosters, we are coming up on the second birthday, so I think most people are probably expecting more birthday Happy boosters. Birthday. Yeah. Um, if you had started, that's in four days as of the time of this recording, although it probably will have already happened by the time this gets published, so high from the past. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, Head Start was in four days from now, um, a week from now for full start. Um so I guess there's a lot of people speculating, well, not a lot, but some people are speculating on whether or not we're going to get any big announcement on the birthday. I kind of tend to think not, but I hope. <laughs> uh, something I did find, I think we talked about this last week, but there is a yes. birthday vendor. Um, if you go talk to them, if you have a year old character, it'll give you a title, which is loyal, and uh, you get a, like a one point achievement. But I did find it interesting that they introduced it because in the first birthday, we were not given any choice. But the fact that they had to give us a vendor uh, makes me think that we'll get a token of some sort of exchange for a gift. That would be choice. my, yeah, I think that's a fair uh, speculation because like you said, there's, I mean... Even the, uh, Yeah, and again, though, going back to what you said earlier about the achievement chest, this is once again sort of one of those weird instances where they kind of have systems for that, where, like, with the achievement point system, where you get to, like, choose your which rewards you get. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'm just going to go with what they what is summed up to a lot. There must have been a different team, the one that didn't make the, you know, achievement chest working on it or something, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, but... I mean, as a as a programmer, I feel like that particularly doesn't quite make sense. It's it seems more likely to me that there's just some technical issue why it doesn't quite work, and shoehorning it into making it work is more risky than just doing something simple. But yeah. Um, anyway, well, I guess I'm. So where is the vendor located, though? Uh, it's in Lions Court, uh, where the fountain is used to be. I'm not quite sure if it's standing or not in this game. It's generally not. Uh, just north of there, towards the old trading area. Yeah, I think it's in the northwest, okay. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, sl- slightly to the west. It's more yeah. north of the yeah. Um, Yeah, you can look it up on the wiki to find exactly where they are, but it's not too hard. So, um, I guess that was all the official news. So, however, in between filming, Gamescom happened, which um, some people... We're hoping, I guess, that we'd get a little bit more information. We really didn't get too much announced out of them. But we did get some interviews that were quite contentious. Uh, would either of you like to lead in to the Guild Mag interviews? Uh, I was out of town when they came out, so I nominated Revan and threw him <laughs> under the bus in the process. All right. 
Well, you know, I didn't uh, take note of them until I was online and someone in Guild Chat said, hey, hashtag SAB Riot or something like that. And then all of a sudden, I saw all these people in Radisum saying, oh my gosh, don't take away our super adventure box and getting way, you know, over emotional about this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are they taking away super adventure box? And that really, I've segued away from the interview, which didn't really give us anything solid. I mean, I was looking over and I noticed that they say kind of 26 times in the first half of it. And it just seems the same type of, uh, yeah, we'll look into that. We're going to explore something that, you know, I don't follow everything that ArenaNet puts out. I don't follow their Twitter and all their blog posts, but it seems like that's what they're always saying. Oh, yes, that's something to look into. And there's there's merit for this, but they won't tell us why there is or isn't merit for it. And it's like, oh, it's the same old stuff, whatever. I mean, I feel like... I feel like some people definitely overreacted, uh, as as usually happens, but I don't think that it is an unrealistic supposition that the Super Adventure Box is not coming back either ever or for a quite long time. And at a certain point in a game like this, a long enough time is effectively equivalent to forever. Um, because it has already been a full year since we had the Super Adventure Box, and... And that's... That's the one thing I think that maybe these people, the riders, have a uh, some some something to stand on, because they sold right. those uh, infinite coins, and if they're not going to be bringing back Super Adventure back, Super Adventure Box back, um, or if they're not going to bring it back for an uh, extended length of time, that seems like you were kind of taking advantage of people that bought those. Yeah, I mean the thing is that coins. you know a, a lot of people, a lot of people that are. I don't know if I would say defending ArenaNet as much as maybe admonishing people that aren't ArenaNet, you know, are sort of picking it apart and saying, well, you know, they don't say never. And, you know, the the wooden potatoes put out a video on it. And I and I agree largely with a lot of the things that he says in the video, especially about ArenaNet's PR at the moment. But if you read it, like, if, yes. you, if you have followed ArenaNet, because I have, I've pretty much read everything that they've ever said that's relevant anywhere. And... I can't think of a single instance in this game where they've ever said anything is never going to happen, literally ever. And so, you know, but there's things that I think most of us would agree will effectively never happen probably in this game. But but their official stance is always nothing's off the table, which is as a business I completely, you know, sympathize with. Like they they don't want to get bit for saying we won't do this and then doing it, but at the same time, the lack of them saying we won't do this ever doesn't inf- like doesn't mean the the opposite that it will happen. Um and I feel like the fact right. that we haven't seen the super adventure box and them saying we're not actively working on it. It's not in our plans. It's not. We don't think it fits with our vision of the living world. Like that's that's a fair set of statements that pretty much point in my mind to it not coming back at least for quite a long time. It does seem that way, and I think. I mean, this is a lot of things I feel with with Guild Wars too. It seems they go in so many directions, and they are an iterative right. process, iterative company. And they want to do all these things, but I feel that sometimes they go too many directions at once, and people who like the things that they made, but then they don't have the time or the the the, the, the willing to go into that and keep pushing something forward mm-hmm. for town town clothes, for example. People who liked those things are like, oh, they're not they're not uh, developing this, yeah. and then they well, feel and the left thing out. with the super adventure box too is it's kind of you know I mean I know that this phrasing is somewhat overplayed, but it's kind of a slap in the face to have the actual cube sitting in Rotasum 
all the time and not be able to go into it and and knowing that it's it kind of is you know it's not like it's not like it's attached to the world it's very obviously its own little instance set and so it if it's kind of it's like the holodeck is down for maintenance it's kind of very frustrating that at the very least we just can't go back to worlds one and two at any time and you know it's kind of one thing with places like the um oh my gosh what can't uh the Kite, kite, yes, thank you. Yes, you, you, you knew exactly what I was saying. It's kind of one thing for that where they can kind of say, oh, they seasonally come back in to like dock up and you trade goods with them. But I'm really hoping that, <laughs> that comes back as player yeah. housing. But, that's... but you know, it, it seems like that's not what they want to do with the Super Adventure Box. And so it's, it's both frustrating that we're not getting more, but it's doubly frustrating that it's sitting there staring us right in the face and not open. Yeah. And. Right. Yeah, and like I was saying, the some people got a little too excited in Radisum, but the ones that you know are seem to be even keel. Like, yeah, why can't we just leave? We aren't asking you to develop World yeah. Three. Let us well, play the, World the One thing and Two. I want to speak to this because a lot of people aren't necessarily as. Um, I guess the word I would say is like savvy on certain internet cultures is that it's a very common phrase on in Twitch on Twitch chat to say something or riot like you know we want this or riot and so that's how I saw the super adventure box thing starting as everybody on the forums and on Twitter and stuff you know just putting like hashtag SAB or riot and so to me, it's just sort of making a joke about a meme, and then they just, like, lined up in Radisum. Um So I, I don't think the quote-unquote riot was super serious. I think it was pretty funny. And speaking of lining up, did you yeah. see that, that, a, that an yeah. actual Anet de- dev was tagged up and said, I want you to form a line, and they, like, formed a big line that wrapped around Radisum? Yes. I think, I think it was funny. I think Anet was kind of, you know... <clears throat> they probably weren't the fondest of the PR issues or whatever, but at the same time, like... Know, they're sort of having a little bit of fun with it as much as they in as much as they can um yeah but but back to that wooden potatoes video yeah one of the key like sort of the salient points that he had was that anet's pr has some issues with being being stuck in a hard place where they don't want to announce something unless they're sure it's going to happen but at the same time coming off as sort of being ivory tower you know sort of you know what yes what you were alluding to and earlier and it's well. it's a difficult position you know i don't i don't ever want to make it sound like ana has an easy job with that because i know that they don't i know that it's very challenging and you know partly because i'm really good at in general looking at how different people are going to view things or how people are going to read it different ways and freak out about things it's like it's a it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare trying to come up with something that makes sense to everybody that people won't freak out about. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't think any of us have a good solution. <laughs> but yes, you can't that's please definitely everybody true. All but time. I do want to want to say, you know, to people, ourselves included, that um, you know, you can't you can't please everybody all the time. But at the same time, that doesn't diminish anybody's like right to be unpleased <laughs> or displeased. I guess. Um, that was that was something that bothered me a lot about the Super Adventure Box stuff. Is I saw a lot of people that don't like um, don't like the Super Adventure Box. Basically, just sort of saying don't complain, you know, yeah. or you know, you shouldn't be upset about this. And yeah. it's like, no, it's like people are allowed to be upset about it as long as they're reasonable about it. You know, I not everybody needs to be upset or necessarily should be, but at the same time, like it's not it's not completely unjustifiable that people feel 
you know, somewhat slighted. And I feel like it does a disservice to people to just say, you know, you can't make everybody happy, so stop talking about it. It's like, well, yeah, I was talking about the uh, the coin, the infinite coin issue with the guildy. I I feel like that was one of those things that was not as malicious as it outwardly appeared. You know, um, well, not not malicious, but not not as diabolical as it out, outwardly appeared. Uh, I, Josh Foreman is a really nice guy, and he's a really smart guy, and he puts a lot into his work. And I I don't think that you know there was any sort of malintent in making World Two too hard and so hard that you needed the infinite coin, and then selling the infinite coin for money, and then. And then not well, but there are some. Oh no, nothing that like that. that. And I feel like that's, um, you know, yeah. I, I feel like some of us have a right to be upset about the infinite coin, but you know, we shouldn't attribute malice to you know poor circumstances. Yeah, but no. the infinite coin though comes from again. I think I was mentioning this before. Um, different departments because the uh, the the group that does the cash store is different than the people that were working on the. In the Super Adventure Box. So right. there again, yeah, there's not exactly. communication and, and the Super Adventure Box World 2 was sort of a perfect storm of bugs and, and you know, QA issues and that kind of stuff, like, com- combined with all of that. Yeah, it was it was a yeah. very unfortunate time. Um, but but uh, speaking, of, speaking of the community challenge with uh, communicating with the game devs, actually just this afternoon, Mike O'Brien left an official response uh, on the forums with regard to um, their communication. And it's, it's interesting. It's been a little bit contentious among, among some people. Um, but basically, uh, I think one of the most key paragraphs or statements is, we've set a clear policy this past year. We don't talk speculatively about the future development. We don't want to string you along. Creating fun is an uncertain business. Sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't. And sometimes we go back to the drawing board over and over before we get something right. If we make optimistic promises and then can't deliver on them, everyone suffers. So when we attend a trade show or give an interview, we're there to talk about what we're getting ready to ship, not to speculate on what we might ship someday. Um, I feel like that largely encapsulates the sentiment of his post. And, you know, sort of like we were talking about earlier, I think that it's one of those issues where I can completely sympathize with them as a company on, you know, that that sort of catch-22 situation that it puts them in, where they don't want to promise things that they can't deliver, and... Yeah, but we'd mentioned before that, you know, sometimes the things they do makes Mm -hmm. it feel like they have this white tower thing going on, or they're being arrogant. And I think that they're afraid to make mistakes, and then they're afraid to talk about those mistakes. And I think the Wooden Potatoes video touched on this as well, and I agree with him, that if they were open and said, oh yeah, we did make make a mistake, and could laugh at it, and then have the communication with the community, that, you know, they'd, they'd move along quicker in their error of process or something. And I feel like they are stringing us along with precursor crafting and other little things. I mean, not bad, but and it's, you know, it's their company. That's another thing I think the fan base needs to understand. It's a company. We're buying a product from them. So we can't complain too much, but if they're going to be open and let us talk to them, they should do that instead of, you know, saying that they don't make mistakes or giving the appearance that they don't make mistakes. Yeah. I, their mistakes I think that's somewhat true, them. but I mean, at the same time, that's, I feel like pre- precursor crafting is sort of a perfect example of why they don't want to talk about things because obviously they did talk about it and it's not here, but if they hadn't ever talked about it, we would just be saying, gosh, I would sure really like some way to have precursor crafting. And it's a lot worse that they did talk about it. And yeah, but it's not worse that they did talk about. It. It's worse that they talked well, about it. Well, exactly. And said because the at the, the time, year. I'm sure that they they expected it was going to be done, and and something clearly came up. I mean, I don't know what, but I 
Well, that's the thing, not telling, and maybe they have good reason not to tell us, but there's, you're dealing with such a large, you're dealing with the internet, so people are going to be ultra speculative and ultra worried about yeah. it, and if they could tell us what it was, maybe yeah, they can't. Yeah, that's true. But and, and yeah, like I said, it's a that. difficult position, because if they if they say that, and then they, they say, well, it's not going to happen, you know, because X, Y, Z, um, you know that a lot of people are just going to jump on it and say, like, oh, you're liars. We can't trust anything that you say, because you're just lying when you tell us that something's coming out, which I think is... Yeah, it's it's yeah. hard. It's a difficult position to be in. Right. I I understand that too. I think the uh biggest thing for me, you know, in the news in the last week, the interviews on is uh there's so much okay, we can't we can't talk about this uh now, we can't talk about this now. Mm-hmm. You know, none of this in the future. So what is is sort of where I'm at right now? You know, I've been I've said on the show many times before, I've sort of run out of things to do. I'm looking for you know, still stuff to keep me in the game. And if none of these, you know, sort of big things, it's not just that one of them's not on the horizon, it's that right. none of them are on the horizon. And so that worries me, you know, that for my investment in the game is, okay, well, what am I sticking around for now? Can we... I would like some elaboration on that. I think that's reasonable to to have sort of an announcement of, okay, what is coming up then? Are we, can I just expect a living story for forever and ever? And this will, you know, this sort of thing will just come in a feature pack months and months from now? Or, you know, I would, I would like an announcement of the direction of the game. I don't think we're beyond that yet. I think the second anniversary is a good time to do that sort of thing. And so I think it's possible we could see that soon, but I really would like to see it soon. Otherwise I'm fairly. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's a very good point. And I feel like either the second anniversary or sometime around new years, like some, some anniversary event, either calendar anniversary or release anniversary would be the two prime times to do it. Um, Because, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say but that then are we getting You know, yeah, no, we, we've said it on the show before. Things like we know that their we know that their office has over 300 people and we know that, you know, not all of those are developers. A lot of them are, you know, um like PR, marketing, all those types of people, which is fine. But, you know, we also know that they only have 20-ish people working on Living Story. And so it it really begs this question of are they working on more or or not is what they're working on things like the feature patch and the fact that we don't know other than exactly what they're going to talk about because it's about to come out leaves us scratching our head whether or not we're going to get something like an expansion or whether we're going to be just continuing at the same pace and <clears throat> you know like yeah spirit said it perfectly we we lack a vision of the future of the game and you know, at present, all we can do is either completely speculate or just say more of the same. And I think for a lot of people, as as great as season two has been, it's not, you know, drifting. Drifting's going to start happening. It's, I mean, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've, I'm drifting some. I'm playing it, but not not nearly as much as, as I was. Um, you know, I'm... <clears throat> Yeah, I think we're getting into kind of a catch-22, because look at Guild Wars. I don't know how many people listen to the show play Guild Wars 1, but Guild Wars 1, after two years, we had I Nightfall, and we were almost out of Eye of the Wars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that felt like there was something to strive for. And we always knew that there would be you know these releases, or within some time. And so is it a catch-22? Because in Guild Wars 1, we didn't have things like Super Adventure Box and some of this other stuff I can't doesn't come to mind immediately. I mean, that speaks I mean, to some of the problems, doesn't I guess it? Season 1 Super Adventure Box and stuff so, I can't really bring to mind. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, continue. Yeah. 
But so we, we, we were saying we want Super Adventure Box to stay, but are by saying that, are we putting having them put more time into, oh, we got to do a Super Adventure Box now, and then there won't be an expansion. So us as fans, are we perpetuating that same cycle? Yeah, it's a very good question, for sure. Um, that's, yeah, it's very, it's, it's definitely, and, you know, we've said it, we've said it before on the show, but we, you know, we also understand that Guild Wars 2 is an entirely different animal from Guild Wars 1, and there's a lot of complexity there, but at the same time, at this point in Guild Wars 1's life cycle, Guild Wars 1 was done. Like, do you, like, do you guys realize that? Guild Wars 1 basically was finished two years in. Like, there yeah. was, that's when they announced Guild Wars 2, basically, was two years into Guild Wars 1. They're like, all right, we've done a, what's that? Was it really that ass? I was an Eye of the North baby. I didn't get there until I believe they announced Guild Wars 2 and Eye of the North at the same time. wasn't a thing for me. I believe it was the same issue. It was an issue of, like, PC Gamer. And it said, they're announcing the last expansion, Eye of the North, and Guild Wars 2 at the same time. And that Eye of the North was going to be, in some ways, a bridge into what was happening in Guild Wars 2 via the Hall of Monuments and the new races, i.e. the Norn and the Asura, and sort of introducing us to these concepts that were going to be in Guild Wars 2, that, you know, we were going to have five playable, or you know, extra playable races and all these things. And I think that's some of the, the highlights, some of the sensitivity we have now about the quiet, because there was, oh, there's going to be good more too, yeah. and there was, what, like, four or five yeah. years of silence? And, and I understand, and, yeah. you know, going back to that, I understand why there was five years of silence, because they literally announced Guild Wars 2 before they started working on Guild Wars 2, because they they had to, they felt they had yeah. to let the Guild Wars 1 community know that there wasn't going to be more that that they were done there. Um but and and again, different games, you know, it's not fair to expect the same, but yeah, I mean, it, it just comes back to things like we had I would ballpark 600 skills added to the game between the first in the first 2 years and four professions and three continents and you know, God. all of the and yeah. story and all these other things, and you know, I yeah, I love Guild Wars too, but at, you know, I'm I'm playing it less and less, and and specifically on the playing it less and less, uh, I don't think we said it and... on the show, but I looked in, I was looking at my post history on Reddit for something completely unrelated, and I was sorting it by um, karma, and I found a post that I made nine months ago that was. If you are, if you're still playing Guild Wars Two, why are you still playing it? And if you're not playing Guild Wars Two, why aren't you playing it? And I basically I reread it, and it was really interesting looking at some of the things I was saying back then. And a lot of it was, you know, um, if if things keep going the way they are, I'm playing less and less, and I'm playing just pretty much the story each time, and I'm playing some other things, but you know, guild missions are getting old or whatever it was that I was, and yeah. Yeah, and that's something that's something that makes me question their iterative process because the story right now feels like Guild Wars One, and they had that in Guild Wars One, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm glad it's back. But you're trying this, you know, personal story thing, which didn't work and wasn't fun, and now you've got you've gone back to Guild Wars One, but you have an iterative process that is supposed to be eking this stuff out. Yeah, it's like it's, what's going on? It makes me yeah, wonder. and it's know? tough. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't want them to say there's an expansion coming in six months, and then them being like, oh, just kidding, maybe never. Well, not maybe never, but. You you know what I mean? Like, but at the yeah. same time, I'm I'm getting to the point where you know it's like Kate said. I have three legendaries now, and I I just don't. I'm done. Like, and and 
I mean, you guys don't know this, but I love the aesthetics of, uh, like, katanas. And I was so tempted to buy Belinda's greatsword, and I just can't justify it because I already have so many greatswords that I have no characters left to put it on. And I'm, I've am i played this game long enough that I'm not going to roll an alt just for a, just for a katana... Yeah, just for a katana-style greatsword. And an that's how I'm feeling about... You know, and the same thing with the back piece. You know, like, oh, the back piece is pretty cool. If only I didn't have 30 of them. And, you know, yeah, it's... Um... Right. And I can I can sympathize with that, because even though I've have, I've taken two months breaks, probably three or four times since Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2 has come out. Maybe not three or four, that'd be most of the time. Anyway, I've been back and forth. And if you guys stop playing, because you're my guild, some of you... I don't think I'll be playing because I play with the guild. And even though there's things for me to do, I like to be there when I have the community. And there's some things I do by myself, but I like, you know, running dungeons. So, yeah, if my guild yeah. kind of breaks yeah. down, and I don't think I'll be here much longer either. It's it's uh it's a pickle. So, you know, here's here's our fingers crossed that we're going to get some awesome roadmap style announcements uh in 4 days, 4 4 or 7 days, you know, for the 2 year anniversary. Um, or at the very least within the next couple months, you know, and I think, I think most of us are at least invested enough that we're going to keep playing the living story releases. But again, that's only like an hour every two weeks and now we're coming up on a break. So, (laughs) you know, I'm going to start playing other games and then Guild Wars 2 is going to be like, but what about my living story? And I'm just going to yell, we were on a break. (laughs) That's right. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I feel like we sort of sort of beat this horse to death, and you know, through its undeath. So yeah, through its undeath. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are necromancers in Guild Wars, so it, it kind of makes sense. And Grenth wears the yeah cape. I just remembered out of nowhere. Did they not release a like a six month map of Guild Wars two last year? They, I think yeah. that was actually the blog post that they talked about precursor crafting it. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll totally be out by the end of the year, and it wasn't. But that's a different story. I'm just saying there's a precedent for this sort of thing, and I don't know where that was hiding in my brain that it just popped out right well, now. Well, no, I think that was, I was actually thinking about exactly was that. Was, that's what I meant when I was talking about a roadmap post, because when Colin talked about those things, it was Colin Johansson that wrote the blog post. You know, it was, it was really interesting, and it was, like, really exciting right. stuff. And, you know, it, it really jumped out to me when I was rereading verbatim on the show just now, Mike O'Brien's post, that he specifically said, for the past year, we have had this policy of not talking about things. He didn't say we've always had it. He specified this past year. And so, and that's, and that pretty much lines up to, you know, when we got our last big blog post it was like nine months to a year ago at this point. And... When that came out, it was great. Right. We were all so excited and so stoked, and it's been some serious drought, you know, some serious drought of information. And so I'm expecting something at least, at least like that, to give us a little bit of illumination on on where they're going with things. Um, yeah. So here's to hoping for that. So I guess with that, uh, I'm just yeah. gonna call it a wrap. This is gonna be our shortest show that we've done in uh, like quite a while. But uh, you know, there was controversy, and then the controversy resolved itself before we could even get a podcast done. So uh, no, I have one more thing, super quick. I would yes, <laughs> yes. I'm actually excited about this. The uh, collaborative development initiative threads have an official start date. Again, I've missed them. It's going to be right after Feature Pack Two drops. I am excited. I hope 
this is my sincere hope. I really, 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 Anet, please, I want one about Guild. Please let us talk you, about the Guild stuff. You know, they talked about how Guild Halls were going to be within, you, like, the no, first no. six months of the game when the game came out. <laughs> um, but, you know, Dead Horse. Maybe we're going to get a triple threat. Maybe we're going to get uh, Feature Pack 2, Roadmap for the next year or next six months, and CDIs all back. Think about that. It would be nice, <laughs> but you know the gods are. Uh, if not dead, they're gone. Oh, are, but that's are true. Jesus and now you owe me two hundred gold. Don, so I'm. <laughs> so with that, I think we're going to sign off. And um, again, apologies for the delay in publication. I don't know when you're going to hear this. Um, I'm going to try and get into the editing myself. So also apologies in case it is rough and horrible sounding because I am not an audio technician. So um, we'll get it to you when we can. We're still here. We're still recording. And we're still on Twitter at Relics of Ore at our website, relicsofore.com, um, or on email, relicsofore at gmail.com. So feel free to talk to us at any time, and we will talk to you next time. See you on Northern Trimmer Peaks. That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam, and many more just by looking up Relics of War. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsofor at gmail.com or go to our website, relicsofor.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget to put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, Anexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then Squirrel, and then Run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show.